0: good morning i hope the sound is okay um i'm not quite sure how to work with the sound it's a little low but um i'm using a high-end microphone but uh finagling the details of a sound card on these computers is a challenge so today continue today is thursday uh, november 19 getting close to the end of this 2020 uh today episode 35 the reading of Nityananda's Chittikash Gita, uh, voice from Voice of the Self, from M.P. Pandit, the Manipal Power Press version from 1962. Uh, we begin again on page 42, and what I'd like to do is read through 42, 3, 4, 5, and then swing back to the top of 42 and do commentary hopefully I can finish all those pages in this hour so from the top of page 42 voice of the self MP Pandit Nityananda said and we have again some very long paragraphs here in uh, we're gonna see that from now on some very long verses uh, like whole pages and things so top of 42 Voice of the Self, Nityananda said, Inquiring into the truth, which may be sat, means subtle discrimination, upadi. And upadi, I'll get into that later, but subtle discrimination is commonly buddhi. So I'm not sure if he's equating them, starting again. Inquiring into the truth, or sat, means subtle discrimination, or buddhi, or upadi. The subtle is merged in the gross. The seat of upadi is in the sky in the heart, which is hridayakash, shidyakash. When the origin of oneself is felt in the head, there is only one simple breath. In that condition of breath, the universe is in oneself. All is seen as the self, capital S. All states are in oneself. Creation and dissolution are seen at one place. To see them separate is hell. To see them together is mukti, liberation. Infinite bhakti, devotion, is mukti, freedom, liberation. Entire peace, infinite peace, is the goal. The yogananda, paramananda. The sea is bigger than all the rivers. The sea has no limits. It is not possible to measure the water of the sea. It is not possible to cultivate bhakti, giving up samsara. Stay in samsara, doing this and attain mukti. Desire is samsara. Absence of desire is mukti. Eternal bliss, satchitananda, the one self, the god, paramananda. The state of paramananda is boundless peace. Mukti is eternal joy. Bhakti is the state of Satchitananda. In joy is God. In joy or in God is joy. Tat or that, the the root of the word such. Tat, that is the nectar of knowledge and in that nectar lies joy. At the touch of nectar there is joy. Upanayanam, Upanayanam, Upanayanam. Second birth is the goal of man. To dwell in the cave of the heart is the goal. To dwell in the cave is living inside the body. Adore incessantly the Paramatman in the Jivatman. Adore the sky in yourself in the head. Next verse. The born deaf do not hear sound. They have no desires, but they have subtle discrimination. For those who are always in yogic sleep, there is neither night nor day nor sun nor moon. To the subtle sight all is one. Those who have eliminated the mind are real men. Creatures all are they who work the downward course. Sensuality of the beast is the downward path. The middling is the goal, the upward breath, the gayatri. The eternally fulfilled the bliss of yoga Yogananda. He is the teacher universal who is devoid of mind. One who has left all desire is the teacher of all. He is a sannyasi who has left desire. He is the teacher of all in the world. For those who have renounced desire of the for those who have renounced desire the world is within. Sannyasa it is a kind of a condition of a left home or wandering yogi. Sannyasa is the heart sky. It is light. It is consciousness. It is the light of Brahman. It is Agni. Agni means fire. Agni with form. Agni internal. Agni of discrimination. The discriminative power is in the universe. Agni is what has spread itself everywhere. The highest of all. Agni is essential to all creation. Fire, again. First, to realize in oneself and then communicate to others, this is the main duty. When you are hungry, realize that others too get hungry likewise. When you are in pain, know that the others too get pain likewise. What is your aim is also the aim of others. If a physician knows of a remedy, he does not reveal it to others till his death it is then lost with him he who knows not the means to realize or sadhana is no man of all the ways of knowledge vidyas like vidya or avidya of all the ways of knowledge vidyas the brahma vidya brahma knowledge is the highest this brahma vidya is to be made known and imparted to all those who are hungry shall be fed but none without aspiration seeks for knowledge first faith next bhakti meaning devotion without faith there is no bhakti the judge listens to the case of the defendant that is faith when buddhi attains to knowledge then there is the bliss of discrimination this is fine discernment that is paramananda satchitananda sat and chit together result in ananda brahmananda more and more of it is ananda shivananda shiva also means you know the high uh, sort of a term for Paramananda here um the highest or paramatman the highest uh, divi- divine totality shiva in you you in shiva maya in you meaning illusion in maya creation and dissolution maya dissolves in the self there is no maya for those who are free from the gunas the um, main elements and properties of the elements in material creation he who is not identified with the body is eternally blissful when one gives up the sense of honor and pride all is the self in the world those reach their goal Who give up the sense of honor and pride, to them is peace. Shanti. In the infinite, there is no finite. Without the guru, there is no fulfillment. Physical sight. To the blind, the lamp in the hand is of no use. To him who has eaten full, there is no need of food. By simply taking the fragrance of cooked food, the belly is not filled. It is content only when the food is eaten. A piece of gold held in the palm is of no use. It shines when placed in fire. It shines when its dross is removed. Similarly, the dross of passion and anger must be removed. The body is a nest for the soul. For the body to dwell is the house. Distinction between that house and this house is subtle discrimination. The house of gross body is beggarly. What shall I say of Brahmananda? The bliss of Brahma. Truly, truly, the eternal Atman in you and all is one, same. Not Hari, but Shiva is the known. Hari means wandering, wanting this and that. That is bad. He is not a happy man who always says, give me. Give up the Hari in Hara. Burn up the Hari in Hara. To say Hari Hari, like krishna chant, to say Hari Hari is a delusion of the mind. Drive this delusion of the mind within and adore him, capital H. Shiva, it is who has given eternal delight. Shiva, it is who has given eternal mukti and bhakti liberation and devotion. Hari is attachment of the mind to things of the world. Shiva is the Lodgement of the world in oneself, Hari is downward course, Shiva is the middling, the upward course is Mukti. Hari is the state of the rainless horse, meaning the the horse untethered, like the uh, untamed ox from yesterday. To ride the horse amidst two thousand people without danger, the driver must be a capable man. Buddhi meaning subtle discrimination or discernment, is above, manas below, meaning the logical thought form production, mental functions, manas below. Buddhi is the monarch, manas the minister, the mind, and this I think he means, this should be manas, uh, the mind is to listen to what the buddhi says. First is the sound, the second is the thought that follows. The primary guru is manas, the secondary teacher is he who initiates. To do and to teach is the secondary guru. To realize is the primary guru. There is no primary guru when there is no aspiration. When you desire to have a thing, the secondary guru is unnecessary. Or, sorry, when you desire to have a thing, the secondary guru is necessary. The secondary guru shows the lake. The primary guru drinks from it. He turns dark into light. The dark is ignorance, Ah, avidya. The light is knowledge, vidya. He who shows the subtle sight in place of the gross is the guru. The one guru who is in all is the guru of the universe. No one is guru to another. One is only a secondary. The real guru is the guru of the universe. The Omkara, Brahma, Vishnu, Mahavishnu. The root is Parabrahman. Vishnu is the mental modification. Maheshwara is transient Maya, and that means to decorate the body. Brahmeshwara is giving up of the body sense, like the dried coconut separate from the shell. And so you can see there are countless (laughs) terms in Hinduism, like Buddhism, um, many, many words for uh, definitions of the same word. Um, the page from Wisdom Library on Hadi actually shows 33 definitions for the word Hadi. It can mean uh, this, it could mean a, a name of Krishna, it can mean a name of Vishnu. Uh, Krishnu can be seen as a, a name for Vishnu or an incarnation of Vishnu. Uh, it has. <laughs> Kadi uh, can also be um, one of the 64 gitas. It could be a, a color term for yellow, yellow hue, and so I'm not exactly sure how he's referring to that or the term upadi. And so from the start, uh, top of 42, uh, again we have in many cases certain dichotomies presented and reiterated um, again and again. The, the dichotomy between manas and uh, buddhi uh, the dichotomy between uh, subtle discrimination and, and attachment to the gross desire versus mukti um, a primary versus a secondary guru um, the importance of aspiration another theme uh, the importance of right detachment um so from the top of 42 inquiring into the truth if this is sat meaning like sat chit ananda the the truth of sat is tat (laughs) tat sat is tat meaning uh, a term sat like satva, bodhisattva sat as truth or universal truth or reality as it is uh is also understood in my Limited understanding, as uh, as tat uh, in Buddhism, the thus come one, such come one term for Gautama, uh, comes down to tatata, as it isness, suchness, then the term such. Such means reality is as it is. It is as it is such uh, that uh, or or such. Uh, and all of our descriptions um, are not that which is being described the name is not the named the description is not the described particularly the the name and naming is not um, of reality it's relative it's the level of relative truth in buddhist teaching of the two truths and so likewise we have manas and buddhi as functions of mind so subtle discrimination is akin to buddhi and here he's calling it upadi i'm not sure why uh, but it's uh, seems to be equated with buddhi here no doubt um subtle discrimination discernment leads us to freedom from manas by way of buddhi and buddhi is very much um is (laughs) non-dual is is um function of mind that realizes non-duality so buddhi as subtle discrimination or discernment the function of mind that leads to uh, awareness of non-dual in non-dual then we have the breath uh the breath of the universe is in oneself uh, all is seen as the self all states are in self creation and dissolution seen at one place <laughs> another way of saying non-dual non-dual is the deathless the deathless is no creation no dissolution seen at one place means what appears to be arising and passing away um is a is a fiction is the result of limited perception and so and this is um not simply um a theoretical matter in terms of i'm looking outside my i'm looking outside my body into the world and i see something arising and passing away or something going up and going down Um, one can actually see the emptiness of thought and feeling and the emptiness of thought and feeling is akin to realizing that there's no more creation and dissolution there's no more arising and passing away because the the uh, one knows the insubstantiality of of process and object and phenomena and and naming in fact without naming or free from the perception conception self-experiencing cycle right in buddhism it's understood that the deathless or nirvana or Nirvana is um, beyond the arising of perception and samskara and consciousness itself that these functions are self-oriented or avidya based ignorance tenth fetter ignorance based we have a sense of subjective subjectivity and uh, therefore uh, environment around us that's not i and therefore and in that we perceive uh arising and passing away creation and dissolution likewise we make a big deal out of our own mental emotional process and so we can internalize this discussion or apply it to uh, self-inquiry or realize that um, that which arises in the mind um, sensations from the body uh, certain image, images and memory and emotion and feeling and thought and belief actually <laughs> with, from, from the mind that's free of ignorance as far as I know uh, one sees the emptiness of namarupa or naming activity itself. It doesn't arise, and if it arises, it's known as empty. And that which is commonly named is seen as sort of a lot, like, like uh, as an empty illusory process. There's something going on, it's uh, much more than the naming uh, or our name and description. Uh, And it's actually only with the ending of naming and description that one fully knows Sat or Tat or Tatata or suchness, uh, the emptiness uh, phenomena or, you know, Sat uh, truth, universal truth reality as Sunya, empty of Avidya. which is ultimately empty of dual perception, uh, dualistic-based, subjective mind, subjective identity-based definition and experience. And that sounds very theoretical, but in meditation, when one has an experience from some kind of quiet mind or samadhi, uh, and we experience an arising of thought and feeling, um, to know that if I don't think on it, it may well disappear i mean one has to uh, obviously cut the roots of desire and uh, mental process to some degree so that certain thoughts and feelings will come up not so strongly they just come up it you see it's not even that it's coming up it's actually we're generating thought uh when that thought is far less generated uh, phenomena are seen uh, em- the emptiness of phenomena is, is understood much more deeply and as the emptiness of phenomena empty of what empty of uh, um, substantiality empty of um, uh, tr- you know uh, em- empty of uh, characteristic even actually and so that emptiness in a sense is tasted When we experience a meditation, certain thoughts and feelings coming up that we don't add to, that we don't make a story for, we don't embroider by narrative, and then it's gone. What was it? I don't know. If I embroider it or I think on it, uh, all seems to be substantial. Um, If it arises and I don't think on it, I don't actually know what happened. Uh, or I can define it but uh, what it is is far beyond um, or greater than my naming and my description anyway, in in that non-dual awareness um, inner and outer, the distinction of inner and outer falls away so to see separation or to, to see creation and dissolution as separate is hell <laughs> he said, to see them together is mukti and so liberated mind um, being uh, non-dual no longer creates by samskara by thought form production uh, the apparent duality and substantiality of apparently uh, discrete phenomena and that's why he's talking in big terms like entire peace, infinite peace is the goal Yogananda Paramananda bliss of yoga bliss of uh, going beyond the sea is bigger than the rivers the sea has no limits you can't measure it and so and that's where it's joy and that's akin to the second birth Um, and he and many instances or maybe normally (laughs) he was speaking from that uh, dissolved condition or reality uh, making these verses, is this higher than Buddhism? Is it the same as Nirvana? I can't say. It doesn't. I would not assume that Nityananda is, is some lower level than the Gautama. I would not assume that he's higher or more advanced than Gautama. Uh, I would presume that they both are in eighth density. Uh, to say they or a being or even eighth density, of course, is silly, because in that reality of freedom from this octave or freedom from avidya um it's a experience or reality that that i simply don't know and nor do you (laughs) even experiences of non-duality or quiet mind or joy or contact with intelligent infinity are just a glimpse um but it's um becoming infinity or returning to infinity so bottom of 42 uh, the born deaf don't hear sound and they have no desires and so sound is akin to the the samskaric process Uh, we generate naming activity proliferation that's manas that's manasic Uh, above that is buddha uh, buddhi uh, subtle discrimination and the those that are uh, those whose mental process is fully ruled by Buddhi with subtle discrimination or discernment um, have that same sightedness, and that's akin to yogic sleep and akin to freedom from no, no longer perceiving um, freedom from attachment to differentiation, which includes arising, passing away or creation dissolution which includes believing your own mental emotional process is substantial it's real and insubstantial (laughs) it's insubstantially real Uh, maybe that makes sense maybe that seems contradictory but in my limited experience uh, one can see that one, one can see that identity is formless one can see that there are no bounds to the eye that speaks, the the eye, or the one, this one here, as Nishananda would say, the one that speaks for all of us, um, is um, is indefinable, and essentially non-dual, and that's with the view that you know everyone's a Buddha, everyone's a Buddha, and you can't uh but you but you (laughs) knowing that intellectually or having a sense of that or having some experiences of um freedom from identity freedom from conceptual dual identity subjectivity subjectivism doesn't mean seven chakras are perfected (laughs) so again uh from the higher one sees um one knows the subtle first you have to you know separate to combine First, we have to know that there's a gross and there's a subtle. The subtle is in the gross. The gross appears as a cover for the subtle, uh, and that's where that's one of the uses of the term uh, upadi, which is actually very interesting. Just as a note, I'll make uh, I'll put the link in from Wisdom Library. Uh, Twenty-six definitions of the word upadi in Vaishava. Dharma or Vaishnavism worship of Vishnu uh, it, it refers to a designation uh, generally it also is an imposition a limitation and uh, Blavatsky even has something to say about it she said basis or the vehicle or a carrier or a bearer of something less material than itself so a human body as upadi of its spirit ether As upadi of light, we can say that the seven rays are the upadi of intelligent energy. We can say that octave is the upadi of the logos. We can say that mind-body-spirit complex is the upadi of atman. So other definitions. Upadi is a a superimposition which gives a limited view of the absolute, a limiting factor. A red rose near a crystal makes the crystal look red. It's said to be an upadi for the crystal so the rose acts as the upadi of the crystal uh, he, and they say similarly the human body which shows characteristics like birth aging death right birth old age sickness and death is upadi for atman okay so otherwise it can be said uh, upadi both means both fear and deceit the, des- the deceit of appearance Appearance is deceptive, right? Things are not as they appear, nor are they otherwise. Um, um, Tat tat is greater than appearance, but tat is, or reality, is not separate from appearance. Then in Buddhism, (laughs) Upadi is substrata of existence, which is is a much more psychological way of putting it. it. It's very reasonable and in line with the vedantic or hindu understanding of upadi as a limiting factor as a substratum of existence it's the basis of our uh, uh, believing conceiving experiencing differentiation in incarnation meaning incarnation and differentiation subjectivity duality a substratum of existence Means the basis of some uh, of reincarnation, or the apparent substantiality of uh, seven rays, seven dimensions in the octave, and the apparent substantiality that um, leads us to identify with our thought, mental, our thought, feeling process, as well. Right? I am my anger. I am angry. I am happy. Well, has I become either? No. I is the one that temporarily identifies with those transient states. Now, that can go to spiritual bypass and avoidance, which commonly people do. Um, It's very uh, painful to accept certain truths, relative truths about one's own past or personal psychology. Uh, And so one should not run away. On the other hand, it's ultimately empty. And so if you can't see through it, you got to see it through. If you can't see the emptiness of um, designated phenomena, uh, reality with designation, the designation, the nama-rupa, the naming, the proliferation of, of samskara, you can't see how that's dreamlike, then self-inquiry conceptually is very useful. Um, and it's commonly useful. So anyway, in Buddhism, upadi is the five skandhas giving rise to the sense of self and desire and kleshas or any kind of uh, mental, emotional called defilements, really distorted mental tendencies and then karma itself. All of that in the view of the term upadi acts as a limiting factor for uh, awareness. Um, We don't see sat, we don't have um sat chit meaning consciousness blended with sat which knows tat you know suchness um not knowing that not having bliss we go round and round and generate mind body spirit complex and even atman is not finished with the path Uh, and so on the top of 43 nityananda says those who have eliminated the mind are real men Uh, He is the teacher universal who is devoid of mind. This is, again, Manas, um, the thought-form-producing functions of mind, uh, lower so-called mind, the mind of the gross, rather than subtle discrimination or um, the mind of wisdom. There's the mind of knowledge and the mind of wisdom, right? The third chakra mind and the fifth chakra mind. But... (laughs) um uh buddhi uh in a certain sense is, is like fifth ray it's it's actually transpersonal like love is transpersonal fifth ray blue ray essential wisdom which is very much akin to buddhi i think fifth chakra apparition um is um not quite a personal possession in the same way as manas and our psycho personal psychology So, uh, there's the downward course and the upward course. There's monos running the show, (laughs) meaning dualistic, subjectivist um, experience, which also makes a big deal out of me. The egotism, the narcissism, the self-centeredness, which nearly everybody is in, more or less, is all Manasic, while the Buddhic is... um, um moving uh, beyond the um immature um exaggerated importance to the to the limited self the limit the, the dualistic the subjectivist experience um is is uh, fashioned by manas and as buddhi rules um, one one tastes incre- one increasingly tastes selflessness which is not necessarily bypassing anything at all, actually. It's, it's just open and spacious. So, the teacher universal devoid of mind. <laughs> uh, and that devoid of mind is also devoid of desire. And so there's a linkage between monastic dominance, the dominance of the thought-form-producing, subjectivist, differentiating mind, and desire um and as desire goes down or as buddhi strengthens as fifth ray strengthens desire weakens as desire weakens craving clinging weakens which is pretty much the same uh and we can increasingly see uh i beyond thought for those who've renounced desire the world is within right there's no outer and inner it's all one and sannyasa, or the left home state, is uh, hridika, hridayakash, the heart sky, the field of heart. And it's in the head. And so it's the heart and the head. In many ways, that's a union of four-six or um, the the full development of six-ray, six-chakra, uh, is very uh, in, is very much inclusive of green-ray. Uh, we know, Ross said, that in six-density the groups are refining their balance of love-wisdom, 4-5, right? So, the perfect balancing of qual- energetic qualities of green-blue, done in six chakra, in 6th in dimension, is the perfection of six chakra. Perfection of six chakra, or Ajna chakra, is perfection of love-wisdom, which is really the ending of restlessness, which just so happens to move one beyond any kind of uh identity right moving beyond restlessness energetic metaphysical energetic restlessness between fourth ray fifth ray this is for the specialists in the audience uh the energetic imbalance imbalance of love wisdom equals energetic disturbance restlessness ninth ninth fetter which is associated very much about some kind of instability between green blue that instability is resolved in sixth density or equals perfection of sixth chakra. When that's done, one no longer needs sixth density. When that's done, one drops identity or eighth skanda and pretty much moves out of restlessness too and is about to break the 10th fetter of Avidya uh, and leave the octave. So uh, imbalance uh, of qualities, yin yang, um, male, female, <laughs> But you know the, the tangible, tangible qualities of behavior come out of much more subtle qualities of mind that come that are particularly manasic, that come out of particular imbalances of green blue, which are resolved fully in sixth density, which equals the complete perfection of sixth ray or sixth chakra consciousness which uh transcends then uh, unified self consciousness and drops identity going into seventh density and that whole work um can also be seen he's talking about the word agni fire as agni is what has spread itself everywhere so agni as intelligent energy agni as light with a capital l and uh he said, Agni is essential to all creation. Agni as the basis of prana. Okay. So prana as a synonym for intelligent energy. Um, love, light, light, love. Light with a capital L. The basis of the seven rays. The substance that gives rise to seven rays. Uh, the action of free will upon love. Right. First principle, second principle. Law of free will, law of love. Giving rise to light with a capital L letting there be light the logos lets there be light generates galaxies those are seven dimensional octaves or what we call galaxies are the upadi (laughs) limiting factor or mask um, of um, seven dimensional octaves which themselves are masks of the one light with a capital l which is agni ultimately so realize Unity, and that's very much a raw raw saying we no longer seek light. We've become light. We become the one Agni light Um, And that's an experience of unity, but it's not the end of the path either Uh, Going on I have to be careful with time here Um, Those who are hungry shall be fed (laughs) and so again Many times Nityananda is talking about compassion and upaya or skillful means upaya not upadi in this case means um, if you know of a remedy reveal it and if somebody falls into a well help them and so he was certain, I think he was dealing with some devotees in the audience who were arrogant or had a superiority complex in one way or another as commonly, commonly wealthy people do particularly in a, in a caste society like India where um, the lower castes or castes are considered existentially inferior to those born Brahmin or uh, high Kshatriya that that's sort of unfortunate and he's saying um, feed the hungry and that's the right way um, then he's at bottom of 43 the linkage between faith and bhakti or faith and devotion First, we start with faith, and faith is commonly um, a belief in something we don't yet know, something we trust is, but haven't fully experienced. Faith precedes gnosis, but faith is needed for gnosis. And in fact, faith um, is needed for path, and faith for any any sense of path or life purpose as self-transformation, right, learning, growing, helping as path which equals uh, development of the seven chakras which begins with know thyself but one has to have some faith that that's a work worth doing Uh, even that that's a work that can be done some people will say well that's just the way I am I can't change of course mind can change mind is um, very changeable (laughs) as we all know so mind is changeable The question is, can you change mind? Of course you can, Um, but uh, it's like knowledge. Uh, Those who know are those who have sufficient desire to know and have made sufficient right effort to know. Uh, Those who um, learn and grow likewise have have sufficient degree of desire to learn and grow and have made sufficiently right effort to learn and grow and those that are not learned or haven't learned much and aren't grown much or remain stuck in old distorted ways are those who don't care enough uh, maybe they don't have faith oh ye of little faith maybe maybe the materialists i guess obviously materialists skeptics and the the happy marxists and the nietzschean nihilists um, have certainty that faith is fantasy (laughs) they believe absence of proof equals proof of absence there's no proof of God and spirituality and the subtle all there is is the gross so they become gross (laughs) quite gross (laughs) pashu gross so they have no faith or they have certainty there is nothing to have faith in there is no subtle intrinsic to the gross or hidden by the gross there is no gross and subtle there's only the physical world only the horizontal so they believe so of course they have no bhakti and actually they'll have no discernment because uh, Gautama saying uh, discernment the basis of the karmic basis of discernment having gone consistently going to the wise and the worthy seeking to know and learn What's in my long-term welfare and benefit? Uh, this is <laughs> long, long far from the committed nihilists, or the um, charvakas among us in this world. And so he said, um, the judge listens to the case of the defendant. That's faith. And so faith as an open heart, open mind listening, open-hearted uh, or... Heartful open mindedness. Heartful, sincere open mindedness. A true judge, a good judge, there may be a few in the world, I guess, um, listens impartially, has a heartful, sincere, open mind. Uh, then, by practice, uh, Buddhi attains to knowledge. And that's the bliss of discrimination. Or Buddhi Ananda. He calls that Paramananda, Satchitananda and and a few places has written like has said as at top of 44 sat and chit together result in ananda so sat chit ananda sat as truth chit as consciousness ananda bliss uh, when truth um, when, when truth is not separate from mind or consciousness here we not manas but and not even buddhi in many ways buddhi gets one free from um, monasic capture capture by the monasic differentiation dualistic um, preferencing lower mind so by by buddhi we escape monasic capture by that we move towards yana. Uh by that um, chit unifies with sat or consciousness goes beyond the subjective <laughs> into u- awareness of universal truth or boundless awareness of reality uh beyond uh, eternal samskaric production proliferation of naming and then there's bliss uh, i'm not quite there yet <laughs> but someday shiva and you you and shiva maya and you maya is creation dissolution so arising passing away um temporality um the creational display and landscape is maya illusory and and he says maya dissolves in the self <laughs> that's very interesting so maya dissolves in aham aham there's no maya for those who are free from the gunas so good you know Gautama still had a body um in buddhism that's called uh, nirvana with the remainder the remainder being the remaining incarnation, or the incarnation that is a karmic remainder, karmic result uh, of, of past activity under ignorance, uh, leading to the current incarnation with an body embodiment, where the final remainder of one's karmic sequence under sway of avidya, ignorance, craving, clinging, um, is the fact that one still is in a body. And so for the Arhat or the Buddha, uh, when they die, there's no more remainder and um, there's no illusion. Um, They're no longer identified with body or mind. Commonly, Hindus here talk about identification with body or or Nityananda. A lot of people in the audience commonly identify with body. I mean, most people do. but you can also say that identification with mind and the thirst for becoming and the uh, craving even for formless states uh, must all be given up too. But, and he sort of, again, uh, seems to have some some proud devotees in saying, so he says, giving up the sense of honor and pride, um, when you give it up, then you realize the oneself or uh, the... the boundlessness of um true nature then um, without the guru there's no fulfillment Uh, a little bit further on there's some more discussion of who the guru really is or the different levels of what could be called guru Uh, uh, middle 44 uh, common teaching that uh, talking about it is not the same as realizing it and um, the finger there's a finger pointing to the moon that's not the moon and there's naming and the named <laughs> there's uh, theory and practice and then there's uh, imagining and realization and so it's a big difference between knowledge and realization knowledge about so you said piece of gold held in the palm is over you no use so you've got to practice the teaching to realize its purpose the purpose for which teaching is given is for is yana or gnosis or realization or freedom and so again uh bottom 44 uh what could be a a discussion of upadi the body as a nest for the soul and the body itself dwells in a house so the house covers the body and the body covers the soul and the soul covers atman and atman covers um, parabrahman or Par, paramatman <laughs> meaning the logos is hidden we can say within atman and atman as sub sub logos while the logos the solar is sub logos according to the raw material so these are all kind of masking covers um, for true the true nature the next the deeper levels of true nature of the one that that experiences those outer the the, the stria, striation or um, layering of masking and actually the word um, persona in greek means mask and so the personality which is a mind-body identified identity basically i am scott i am a guy uh, with the history uh, that sense of self, commonly called human personality, uh, is a mask for uh, the one within uh, the which is ultimately the one that gave rise to light or the personality true nature so identity true true nature or true identity is a source so truly, truly he says, eternal Atman in you and all is one same not Hari, but Shiva is known. Now, I don't know if he was uh, in front of um, Krishna devotees who were understanding, using the term Hari as one of the names of Krishna or Vishnu or what, but certainly um, there is desiring, wandering, wanting this and that, and that's not Shiva. So a lot of what he's doing is using the religious terminology that people, that particular devotees in the room at particular occasions were familiar with and trying to get them beyond their attachments and their small-mindedness thinking that uh, Hari is the name of God, none else there's a lot of people like that, you know, you've got to say Allah if you want to say God, if you say God you can't Use another word um, while really um naming is a further kind of upadi, meaning to name infinity <laughs> anything more than the boundless, the mystery, the boundless <laughs> that that about which none shall be said, none can be not, nothing can be said really about infinity, uh giving it all sorts of names and then gender and then history and narratives and mythology complicates the mind and leads a lot of people away it's just like um, human religion Uh, they commonly have the commonly have similar moral teachings ethical precepts but they think that their specific teaching on deity or practice is most important neglecting the common, the common features of, of moral and ethical foundations. And so you've got people in all these different religions here feeling themselves superior and or chosen or bound to salvation while their moral behavior is not much better than anyone else's or it's fine and others with the same fine quality of moral behavior they imagine go to hell They imagine go to purgatory, perdition, or don't go where they're going because they have different beliefs and dogma, really. So um, belief is valued higher than conduct. While in Buddhism, absolutely, conduct is number one uh, because conduct leads to is the basis of realization. There's no panya, prajna, vipassana, insight, yana, gnosis, realization um, of the deathless or unbinding uh, or such uh, other than the uh, foundation of morality and um, harmlessness similar to Yama Niyama in Hinduism which they also have forgotten muchly (laughs) so it's hard you know people don't want to restrain themselves they want to desire and grasp fully and they want to be free to express hatred and lust um, which is their right um, but don't presume sanctity (laughs) while you continue going along with loathing and grasping then uh, so again there's a whole long discussion of uh, Shiva versus Hari where Hari is considered the downward course or the rainless horse Right versus the uh, necessary yoking, or um, um, what was it? The the needed um, taming, the praus, uh, to make a horse praus, in the Greek, meaning well uh, tamed or power um, restrained, power uh, well disciplined power. Uh, righteous self-discipline where power is retained but harmful behavior is broken breaking harmful behavior uh, breaking disorder disorderly ways (laughs) harmful ways harmful to self and other Uh, while I don't agree with uh, taming wild horses uh, we definitely need some self-taming the mind needs some taming tendencies and attachments and Cravings um, that are harmful <laughs> need to be tamed. Uh, so, and that's similar to what he's saying, and that's yog, yog, the root of the word yoga. So, to ride the horse uh, amidst 2,000 people without, ang- without danger, you must be capable. And so, that's uh, guidance by buddhi uh, surmounting above uh, monastic capture. And he say the mind, or I think manas, is to listen to what buddhi says. So guidance, wise self guidance, <laughs> talking to yourself well, make a good relationship with yourself, even if self is uh, empty of uh, separative identity or separate separative, eternal <laughs> somethingness. Um, talking to yourself, be, making good friends with yourself, is really, really important. I mean, be your own best friend. Uh, something like that Uh, if you have a question you're totally capable of answering it yourself have trust in yourself have faith in yourself I mean who is the self? the next level up is Atman Atman has all the answers uh, about the way to late sixth density so if you want to be qualified to late sixth density or do work on the chakras sufficient to be well uh, settled in sixth density uh, talk to yourself not not like a crazy man but talk to yourself in the ways of self-counsel self-comfort self-reassurance answering questions self-trusting the the fruit of self-trust and that also means don't trust everything your mind thinks some of it is delusion so trust the true self and be wary of the uh, unstable intellect and be wary or at least uh, see the gross as gross or see the emotional distortion the, the emotionalism as the distortion that it is and yet everything's God yeah, sure, everything's it's empty of eternal abidingness, yeah but it's um, relatively true for now and if we follow uh, harm comes and if we don't we may be better off. So, primary guru as Manas, secondary teacher, as he who initiates. I think he's sort of saying the primary, which is a funny way of putting it, because you can say the primary guru is Atman. You can say you know, meaning the main teacher of self is self, is Atman. You can say that the primary guru is Buddhi, uh, where Buddhi leads and Manas follows. Right, Manas below, Buddhi is above. Buddhi is the monarch, Manas the minister. So if Manas is the minister, how can you say that the primary guru is the minister? Meaning the one that ought to be listening to higher wisdom to the soul, right? The, the conscious mind is of Manas. The soul, the deep mind, the, still, the small still voice of Atman is of Buddhi. How can you say that, that Manas is the primary guru? Well, I'm not sure, but one way you can understand it, or I do, is that you can't know about... Who knows of manas? Who knows of badi and atman? Manas, the the conscious mind, with our delusive, unstable, mental, uh, samskaric process, is the one who learns of the path, is the one who learns that there's a higher source of guidance and truth and answers within, who knows, who learns of soul the primary one that learns is the lower who learns oh <laughs> there's somebody above me eh and um uh there's one there is the one to help there is one to help that can help me that's called buddhi and that's ultimately leads to contact or, or alignment with atman which returns us back to logos or paramatman so there are many ways of talking about the primary and the secondary guru but it's very interesting. But Netanjahu's also much of what he's teaching is uh, find uh, find yourself, know yourself. Don't follow me. Um, all you seek, all you you revere in me is in you. All you revere in me is in you, like that. And then he says, "There's no primary guru where there's no aspiration," and so, uh, but there's no aspiration where there's no faith. <laughs> and there's no faith where there's no suspension of disbelief so uh there's no proof of the subtle or atman or some buddhi above manas uh i don't believe it one has to suspend disbelief <laughs> in the intangible disbelief in the intangible i don't believe there's a subtle or there's multidimensionality or there's karma or there's soul, or there's reincarnation, or there's Atman, or Badi. I don't believe it because I don't see it, says the common fellow. Well, that's called disbelief. Fine. And if you wish to have a path, or wish to develop, one must suspend that disbelief to a moment of faith. Hmm, maybe there is something more than me, 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 me. And this bulky degenerating disintegrating material environment maybe there's something more that's called faith requiring a suspension of disbelief for the disbelievers or those that don't believe of course most people don't give a damn about any of this so better to leave them alone it really is better to let them sleep um, and that might mean walking into suicide uh, injection or the consequences thereof okay uh but <laughs> there's no primary guru one can't the conscious mind manasik can't realize there's something greater than itself without faith uh without aspiration uh faith leads to aspiration or they interplay i mean this is maybe not where we're at i think we have faith and by practice some people have some uh direct knowing or gnosis of um experience of non duality or boundlessness or uh, satchit sat consciousness of truth consciousness of the uncreate uh, but he he puts himself secondary he says this the secondary guru shows the lake the primary guru drinks from it, and so the primary guru is you. <laughs> And the secondary, the primary guru is you, and the secondary is your physical teacher or your inner planes teacher and teachers. Uh, And it's all about moving from darkness to light or avidya to vidya. Uh, And an interesting line, he who shows the subtle sight in place of the gross is the guru. And so the, the manas or the conscious mind the thought form producing discriminating mind or discursive mind really can realize something greater than itself Uh, and that's a subtle sight of buddhi the uh, non-dual nature of apparent duality the conscious mind can get that the conscious mind doesn't go away it simply uh, becomes greater than it had been um, to make the unconscious conscious make the the spiritual manifest to spiritualize the mind is um, Manas um, surrendering to and becoming at one with Badi, which is increasingly aligned or resonant with the higher self, which is non-dual, Sat And so also uh, the one guru who is in all is the guru of the universe. (laughs) So Uh, there's only one of us here, said Neil Donald Walsh, uh, to his credit. And, um, that one is the one, the one infinite creator. That's the one guru to all. Uh, but don't be, don't pretend to be a guru to another. (laughs) He said, no one is a guru to another. That includes himself. One is only a secondary. How humble. He's not saying, I'm your guru, follow me. He's not saying, this is the one and only way follow me he's saying one is only a secondary one he means himself (laughs) this one here is only a secondary probably was the original not anyone only not just anyone any person is not really the guru to another or is really only secondary but that one here this one here Nityananda himself probably meant that he himself is only a secondary guru to the conscious mind um, uh, suffused with faith and aspiration and aspiration is key and I think I'll end on this point here at the bottom of 45 we worked through the few pages and uh, next time we'll pick up at 46 Uh, Nichanada didn't teach technique Um, he didn't teach uh, scholasticism he didn't teach meditation that much, actually. He taught right view. He taught vairagya, muchly. He taught he taught Dharma, Dharma meaning danda, responsibility, right responsibility, and um, right discern right um, discernment, which is view, right view it, it demands discernment. He taught view. Um, knowing, rightly differentiating uh, form and duality and higher, lower, or greater, lesser, and then going beyond that. But he also importantly taught aspiration. Uh, Aspiration means motivation, means the longing for freedom. Um, And that equals uh, sensitivity to pain. The more you want freedom, the more you'll feel the pain of uh, limited uh, of limitation or any kind of uh, non free assu- uh, condition, outer inner. Uh, so there's, you know, uh, conditions of outer limitation like we see uh, common in the world, it's increasing tyranny time now. There's also a limitation or freedom within. I think there was a man, uh, there was a one of those self-help groups like eh, 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 eh. they talked about something eh, eh, eh. said in my soul paul somebody paul somebody said in my soul i am free and i thought that was a nice line there's some group called eh, eh, or something like that not sounds like mars attacks he said in my soul i am free and um yeah right <laughs> atman is free uh and an aspiration is these uh Sincere sensitivity to pain that leads us to long for freedom, which is the aspiration, uh, aspire, aspirus, aspirus, right? Um, out breath or in breath, inspire, inspiritus, uh, spiritualizing, uh, spirit coming in, Expire, expired, expiritus spirit or breath or life going out he's expired he's inspired uh, He he's aspiring uh, i do not know sure what the A uh, is but it's certainly of spiritus or spiritus um, of spirit and um, in my soul I am free soul is free Atman is free much freer than we are uh, and that is you and so the longing to be free as the longing to be fully what I am um but there's not that that isn't real without it doesn't it doesn't grow without um uh, sensitivity to pain toka right stress distressed dissatisfactoriness so uh, that's why Gautama, master teacher, uh, first noble truth, first teaching of all was the truth of Dukkha. Uh, because that's the basis of aspiration or seeking and or knowing the truth of Dukkha, knowing pain and dissatisfactoriness and stress, the stress, the stress of conditionality, the stress of, of dualistic consciousness itself laboring under craving and clinging and grasping and aversion and clashes and uh, all sorts of unwholesome process, unhelpful, Uh, knowing that we will keep seeking and uh, knowing and and with that burning flame of uh, continuing to seek greater freedom, uh, all things will be accomplished, all the great work will be done. It just happens naturally, actually. Nityan has talked about that, too. So next time, we'll uh, pick up at page 46 and uh, move our way through the text. So please take good care of yourselves, and I hope you're well. See you next time, and good night.